This is the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with us as well. And, Bill, there was a significant sporting moment, a significant cultural moment in America that took me by surprise. What a shock to my system. Not that DeMar Hamlin had a heart attack. That itself, shocking, difficult. Right. But what happened afterwards? Yeah, it was. it's amazing that you, what you see is that the players from both teams flooded the field and knelt in prayer. Stands went from you know cheering to complete silence, and there have been numerous you know prayers lifted up publicly and by the NFL. You know it, here we got that they they gathered on the on the field and knelt in prayer to to seek God's mercy on this player. When who was when was the last time? You saw that happening because there there have been players who, after games, would go out on the field from both teams and kneel in prayer, and that certainly was not covered by the media. Uh uh-uh. uh. And you do remember that there was a Christian coach from Washington State had to go to the Supreme Court of the United yeah. States yeah. to pray all by himself at the end of the game, right on the fifty yard line. So at a high school, and then the the team the Tim Tebow era, which he would kneel and pray. And he was either mocked or he was, you know, lauded for his his stance on that or his kneeling on that. And the media tried to cover that stuff up. But the media on on this one does just the opposite. Phenomenal. This is ESPN. So this is a big time sport news channel. And listen, listen to this exchange from Dan Orlovsky praying for DeMar. Hamlin on NFL Live. I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, You know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It is. Damar Hamlin right right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you. And pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar. To be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 All right. I don't remember Tom Brokaw doing that on air. No. I mean that that that's a rare event. It's a rare occasion, and it kind of echoes Job. You know, we're angry, but we submit to you. You know, there's there's the question that's not mentioned. This, but it's the question behind the statement. And that is, why did this happen to this young man? Why does tragedy occur? And and, and he's willing to accept that and as it, part yeah. of the prayer. And he's willing to. And it it's it's really a fascinating prayer. 
and and on on prime time yep. espn espn that's so woke phenomenal i mean wow and you know what the president of the united states would not do that when disaster hit florida and of course not. you remember the 50 people lost their lives in the gigantic snowstorm last week yeah, he in the he northeast prayer. Uh, no prayer i didn't hear anything mm-hmm. i've heard less and less prayer right over the last several administrations uh so wow and the, but what why why the football player i guess that's what's getting me here this thing has interrupted a ball game mm-hmm. and maybe delay the super bowl I doubt it but maybe um what is it what is it about football why, why can't we pray for the families who lost you know 50 relatives during the great snowstorm in the northeast uh, around christmas time what, what's what's going on why why do we pray for a sporting fella who has a heart attack on the gridiron and, and we need to i mean it's we fine. Need, we, sure sure but i think it's because uh our god the society's god was attacked the god of football the god of football the god mm-hmm. of sports the god of of pleasure the god of you know what we value the most and so suddenly we were shocked into realizing that our god is vulnerable that our god is made by human hands that our god is an idol and and, and now we need to appeal to the true and living and, god and maybe. they maybe they did maybe at that moment it was such a realization that we were shocked into falling on our knees before the creator of the universe you know, it's 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 not that men have forgotten God; it's men have forgotten their Creator. But we have we tend to create our own gods uh-huh. out of wood and straw. Here, here's one more clay. distinction. Here's one more distinction that I want to throw out. And I think there's still something in the minds of Americans to think that God actually can heal, and He does heal. Right. God is good, right. and God does heal, and God does bring about healings, and 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 prayer does work. Mm-hmm. He testified to that in the prayer itself. And yet, I don't think Americans will acknowledge that God is behind the storms, the hurricanes in Florida, the snowstorms in the Northeast. I don't think Americans are willing to acknowledge God to be sovereign. He heals, but he's not sovereign. He's a loving God. And he he doesn't doesn't, doesn't want to judge the world, does not want to bring judgment upon America because, well, we're just such nice people. Right. and. And we are the fans of of the God of football, and and we deserve that you honor us. It's interesting that our founders, even those of more deist Unitarian bent, were still committed to God's sovereignty. Uh, Benjamin Rush, the delegate of the Continental Congress, was sitting next to John Adams. You remember the scene? It's welded into my mind as they're contemplating whether or not they could win this war. And Rush says to Adams, is it possible we might win this conflict against this great empire? And John Adams' response is instructive. He said, if we repent of our sins and fear God, in other words, God is sovereign over this, but where are we with all of this? Yeah, it echoes Nehemiah. You know, when he said, rally to us there at that point on the wall where the attack is, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, he said, fight for your children, for for your wives. He said, but just rally there. And he goes on to say, our God will fight for us. It's a recognition that it's not in our hands, that ultimately the outcome is in God's hands. And suddenly on that Sunday afternoon, 
when you had the best of the best players, those who were the most athletic, those who were the most accomplished, the most skillful, come in their own strength to the field and then suddenly collapse. People were were reminded that it's not by our strength, it's not by our might, it's not by our wisdom, it's not by our skill, but it is the grace of God that sustains us. And they began to fall on their knees and recognize that. And that's precisely what happened with the Continental Congress as we were losing the war. On April 28th, 1780, the congressional uh, delegates for the Continental Congress came together and they proclaimed a day of fasting, prayer, and repentance. And here's what they said, it having pleased the righteous governor of the world for the punishment of our manifold offenses, that is, we have offended God. God is punishing us to permit the sword of war still to harass our country. It becomes us to endeavor by humbling ourselves before him and turning from every evil way to avert his anger and obtain his favor and blessing with one heart and one voice to implore the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth to remember her mercy and his judgments to make us sincerely penitent for our transgressions, to prepare us for deliverance and to renounce the evils with which he is pleased to visit us. And then again, on December 7th, 1780, they added one more thing that they would assemble one more time to celebrate the praises of our divine benefactor, to confess our unworthiness of the least of his favors, and to offer our fervent supplications to the God of all graces, that it may please him to pardon our heinous transgressions and incline our hearts for the future to keep all his laws and to cause the knowledge of Christianity to spread all over the earth. And that, my friends, was acknowledgement of God's sovereignty, God's power, and most God's of that, salvation. Most of that was, was repentance. It was. And then the plea. And then the plea but for his deliverance. That's not what we are hearing today. No. We're just hearing the plea without the repentance. And and that's the troubling part of, of what's happened in this situation with the football player, with DeMar on the field. We, we do pray for his healing, but we need to recognize and acknowledge our need for repentance before we come to God. And that's the big issue, my friends. That's the big issue, is to repent of our manifold transgressions, acknowledge God's sovereignty, fear Him, submit to Him, cry out for His mercy. That's what needs to happen for our country today. Uh, We're going to take one more angle of this in just a moment on the Generations broadcast. Stay with us. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son, can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today. And we are back on the Generations broadcast. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack as well. There's one more angle to this DeMar Hamlin story. And again, I don't want to focus on on this 
player, but I, I do want to say almost every day, Bill, somebody's keeling over on camera. And what makes it so dramatic is it's a news announcer. It's a sports caster. It's a sporting star of some sort. It's somebody on camera. Right. And that's what makes it so shocking because, you know, normally these things aren't reported. People aren't going to report the sudden deaths. That's just not what you report, especially following the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. So you get a Fox News reporter. You get a CNN reporter covering the World Cup. And they just die. And their compatriots, of course, are going to cover the event because, well, they're friends. And there's just so many people such that it's pretty much impossible to ignore that those people who are in the limelight are dying. Now, that also means that there are others dying that probably aren't being reported. It's just those who happen to be reporters, those who happen to be sports stars that are going to be mentioned, it's impossible to ignore them. Yeah. And so, you know, I just keep coming back to this. Uh, what is happening here? Well, one study shows that uh, athlete deaths are 1,700% higher than expected since the vaccinations began. But now, 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 careful. Yeah. Careful. Yeah. You see, the minute you start talking I'm, this I way, the word you're vaccination. going to be shut down. Yeah. Charlie Kirk tweeted, you, you know, to his 1.9 million followers, said something like athletes dropping suddenly what's happening here and then he comes back 17 hours later said for committing the crime of noticing that athletes are tragically collapsing on the playing field i have been labeled human garbage and it's true i mean i i was following this charlie kirk thing and almost immediately he was smashed into the carpet i mean he was i, I you know it's like the little guy in the emperor's new clothes procession you're not going to say did he say it did he yeah. say that you're not to say it. Somebody shut him up and shut him up. Now there's such a, a, a severe reaction. It's really, truly phenomenal. The reaction itself is worth talking about. Right. I mean, so the, a scientific study conducted by the division of pediatric cardiology from Luzon, Switzerland between 2006 or between 1966 and 2004, there were 2.35 deaths of athletes per month. From January 21 to April 22, that monthly average is now 42 per month. So that's a 20-fold increase, roughly. Yeah. Well, and those have been my numbers as well. And it's my, my contention that life insurance agencies are probably going to have to tell the truth. Yeah. They, 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 have, they keep their records they have meticulously. To. I mean, you, you can't, yeah, you can't just lie to those who are investing in your company. The largest life insurance company in America, New York Life, and I did this myself. I just went to their year-end reports, and you can do this. They're accessible online. So go go to New York Life, and you can discover that there was a 37% increase on beneficiary payouts in 2021, up from an average of 5.7% annual increases in previous years back to 2017. So I just did it. I just said, whoa, uh, that's a massive increase. These numbers would account for anywhere from 1.5 to 6 million extra deaths in the United States in 2021. So there it is. And then on December 14th, um. We, CNN reported their reporter, Grant Wall, collapsed and died over the weekend, and, and I reported this. GoodScienceing.com collected a total of 1,080 stories of athletes who have died since 2021 up through November of 2022, with another 45 reported deaths in November. So there are people actually following these things. They're collecting the data. And the International Olympic Committee, uh, as you mentioned, found uh, an average of 29 athletes dying per year, which were your numbers. So 29 and upwards of now 1,080. Again, you know, my numbers 
there very clearly indicate a 20 to 30 fold increase over the last year. And yeah. so what is this? Is it wrong for me to ask questions? Does, does anybody want data? This is the thing that's unusual. I, I keep going online saying, is there a scientific organization out there? I'm an engineer by training. I'm interested in data. Is there anybody else in the world interested in data? Well, I mean, this is all we have. Follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. And yet, when you look at the data, it does not appear that people are interested in that. Isn't anybody curious? Yeah. The The silence is deafening here. Now, I understand the potential political fallout and, and, and the pursuing of 5 billion people knocking at Fauci's door. I understand that. I understand that this could result in some rather severe reactions from 5 billion people who served as guinea pigs on a vaccine or a shot that was not proven out. Let's say there's a chance that there's a problem after putting 5 billion people through the guinea pig, just big pharma needed the money, Fauci needed to be right, etc. You're so overextended in terms of propaganda, Bill, in terms of financing big pharma, in terms of your depopulation agenda, in terms of shutting down all the free speech and free inquiry stuff during COVID. You can't afford to get the data out. That, that would just be devastating. I, I mean, I can see if the data... If the study proved that you were wrong, the, the risk of revolution, the risk of, of reaction, of extremely severe reaction against the government, against Big Pharma, against Fauci, and against this gigantic technocracy would just be something I don't think they could sustain. And so, so, so I get it. I understand why nobody wants to do the study and everybody's going to shut Charlie Kirk down. And they have to have time to to promote the the misinformation, the disinformation that will discredit any data that you put out there. For example, uh, prior to 2004, 39 years prior to 2004, there were 1,101 deaths that occurred over those 39 years, athletes. And in, in between January 21 and April 22, 16 months, there were 673 recent deaths. Now, that's incredible. Why is nobody looking at this and going, hmm, there must be something connected with, why, we need to research why there's this spike in deaths, but nobody wants to look. It's, it's pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. What's the risk the new emperor's clothes makers takes when he so politicized the truth in his clothing agenda thing? And that young man, that little boy, Charlie Kirk, whatever his name happens to be, stands up and says, um, excuse me, I've got a question here. You're going to shut him down. Yeah, You've got shut, to shut, shut him down. Up, shut up and just, just do what we tell you. As Christians, though, what do we do as Christians? Well, friends, we have the Eighth Commandment, the Ninth Commandment, the Sixth Commandment to deal with. Hey, there are lives at risk here. And we need to insist on honesty, no matter the risks involved. It's really, it's really ironic that having been raised during the '60s, that the mantra was, you know, you know, question authority, question authority. Nobody trusted the government then. Very few people trust the government, and now those who have gone through that educational system have become the elite educators of the day. They have become the elected officials of the day. The ones who were raised in the '60s, 
who shook their fist in the face of authority and questioned authority are now in positions of authority. And what are they telling us? Don't you dare question authority. Isn't that ironic? They want to shut down inquiry. They want to shut down questions. And we as Christians need to train our students to question authority. That doesn't mean you have to be rude, obnoxious. It just means you question authority. It is not wrong to question authority. It depends on the hard attitude. It, 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 that really does. You know, you can question authority with the right attitude, or you can just be obnoxious and you can just do the two-year-old why thing. But if you are truly a follower of Christ, you need to question the world system at every step, at every point, at every facet, because the world lies to us. And, and we need to seek truth and grace. We need to shed light in dark places. And when they say don't question, what they're doing is they're trying to cover up. And as Christians, I think we have an obligation to throw a flag on the play. Where is this going? Is my question. Where does this go? If we don't react to seven to 10 million abortions that comes largely by government paying for high efficiency birth control abortifacients and abortion funding, if, if we don't react right now with seven to 10 million abortions each year, if we don't react right now that dictatorial, dictatorial, uh, government-enforced uh, medicine-imposed uh, vaccine or a shot upon 300 million people in this country. If if we don't throw a flag on the play on this, and okay, okay, worst case, anywhere between one and six million people died in 2021. That's worst case. Big deal. I can hear people saying big deal. Yeah, you're right. 20 to 30-fold increase of young people dying on the gridiron. Big deal. But it's not the one to six million. It's the next 60 million. Yeah. It's the 600 million that are going to die next time. That's my concern. And until Christians, pastors, leaders insist on truth and press these issues upon the conscience of a nation, Bill, I think we're looking at a massive purge, a massive purge in the near future. Am I overstating the case? I no, don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think, I don't think so, so friends. Not not after facing the abortion and abortifacient holocaust that we have gone through over the last half century. Well, friends, it's time to tell the truth. Be sure your pastors are telling the truth. Make sure your political leaders, your cultural leaders, your media is telling the truth. Insist upon it. That's what we do as part of the Generations Broadcast. I encourage you to theworldview.com, our Worldview in 5 Minutes program as well, which is often attached uh, to this program. You have been listening to the Generations Broadcast, friends. If you have a question, comment, if you have an issue you'd like us to discuss on this program for tens of thousands of families to listen to, just email me at hostatgenerations.org. That's hostatgenerations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. (laughs) 